On today's Locked On Texan podcast, we hear from Nick Casario at the Combine, kind of jokingly his first Combine at the podium. What did he have to say about the cap space and how he views the running back position for the Houston Texans moving forward? And then we end off with our own free agency recap and scouting report, who needs to stay and who should go. We have one player in mind. We'll dig into that. But first, Cody, start the countdown. are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen. We are free and available on all major podcasting platforms and YouTube. Keep running those numbers up. We want to see you down. I'm Johnson, sports guy Hickman, joined by none other than Cody Davis, Sports Illustrated's own beat writer for the Houston Texans. And we got to dive into Nick Casario, who I think has been winning the press conference battles in the last couple of times we saw him in press conference, right? Remember last year, uh, a lot of talking around questions. Didn't really win over anybody. I thought today he did a very good job at his press conference uh, in, in in Indianapolis, excuse me, at the combine, like I mentioned, to start off the show, his first time at the podium in his 20-plus years. And he started off just kind of saying, you know, I thought some prayers to the people that are fighting over in Ukraine and all the refugees. And, you know, that's a great way to start your press conference. But in terms of what he discussed, Cody, the cap came up. Um, the running back position came up. And so those are the two things that we need to look at for today's show because they make a lot of sense. And this is what he had to say about the cap space, uh, about the Texans in the 2022 season. Better situation than they were in last season. That's a fact. Right now they are, I believe, the 16th or 17th team in the NFL. NFL in terms of ranking one through 32 and who has the most money and who ain't got no money like the Atlanta Falcons. Good Lord. Matt Ryan is he's scheduled in $49 million <laughs> that cap. And I don't know how they going to re- uh, rework that, but Nick Asterio also mentioned that the Texans can create cap space in various ways. He's also mentioning that the Texans model is value of the player with their role and try to match those up in terms of how are we going to – how do we want this player to come in and fit into what we want it to do schematically, and is that going to cost too much? Is that contract value – is that going to be too much for the Houston Texans? And if that value of the player goes beyond what the role is, is it worth pursuing or do we let them go? I thought that last part was very important in terms of Justin Reed, I think that's the biggest free agent Houston has at this time. And um, if they're looking at the – if they're going solely off the market value of safeties, that's a lot of money to pay Justin Reed. But, Cody, I do want to focus on the Texans looking at various ways to create cap space. I want to say right now they're between 17 to $18.5 million. You know, I definitely expect Nick Casario – to look at some of the contracts that they now have on the books and rework those contracts like they did last season. 
to create some cap space and who can they move on from, right? It's very important for Houston to at least come out of this free agency with, I think, a higher-valued player, right? Last season, they brought in a lot of lower-tier players, and that's no disrespect to the players that they brought in, but the Kamu Gugia Hills, the Christian Kirksey's, Desmond Kings, a lot of those guys signed those one- or two-year deals, and now we're looking at a situation where they perform well. Some of them perform well last season. They may be able to move on. I think Houston has a list of guys that they should resign. But with that being said, a lot of those players last year were lower-tier players, and I expect Nick Casario to bump that cap space up between 5 and $6 million. He's going to work whatever he can. Remember the amazing job he did last season where the Texans virtually didn't have any money so they was able to you know, work some, rework some deals, restructure some contracts, and they were able to go out and get players. Now they're coming into this season with at least already seventeen to $18.5 million. And I expect for you to boost that up for them to be able to go out and get a marquee free agent that makes sense schematically for this team. You know, John, before I start talking about Nick Casario and what he had to say about the cap and share my own opinions about that, I do want to mention this, and this is something you just alluded to, talking about how Nick Casario has been winning the press conference as of late. And, John, I think it's only because for the first time the Houston Texans are not a circus show. I mean, hell, he was in a combine in Indianapolis, and there was only one Deshaun Watson question. So even though he's still on the roster, that cloud that was hanging over this organization, because I am a living witness, every damn press conference that this man did, rather it was his introductory press conference, introducing Cully, um, the, the, the draft press conference, the OTAs training camp, even throughout the first part of the season, there was all, if there was 10 questions, at least seven, seven of those would be, what are you going to do with Deshaun Watson? But that's kind of old news in terms of Deshaun. Everyone knows what the reality of the situation is in terms of whether or not the Texans will be able to move on for, for Deshaun. Of course, that's another conversation for another day. And also, too, and most importantly, they actually have a real head coach. And they have a head coach with a vision. And when you take a look at what Lovey Smith wants to do, you take a look at the fact that the Texans do want to be a more competitive team in 2022. You got to look at the possibility of Lovey's, of Nick Asirio, excuse me, improving this salary cap in order to sign, I'm not going to say top tier free agents, but at least ex sign free agents that can actually help the Texans win more than four games for the 2022 season. And John, you literally just mentioned how you took what Casario had to say and that kind of led you to believe that, you know, it, it might not be a reunion between um, Justin Reed, but John, I'm looking at that from a standpoint of one, and this is something that we already know, Nick Casario is a general manager who is open for business and everybody <laughs> could be dealt and i'm looking at this from a standpoint of with that sentence alone there is a real possibility and this isn't no kind of breaking news that he would definitely try to move on from laramie tonsil in hopes to improve this salary cap i don't know i don't know off the top of my head what it would cost for the texans to trade him but i know one thing for sure he is projected to make 26 million dollars in 2022 you move on from Laramie Tunster. If you, it, this will be a win if they can save someone in the ballpark to seven to eight million. Absolutely, and when we look at the current free agents coming up, that pool of players that you know 
can be looking for. And, new and it's a lot of them that they can get if they are able to save seven to eight million. Absolutely. And I, I look at a player like Christian Kirk. We're looking at the wide receiver position, which I'm kind of hinting at the player for the uh, player profile in terms of who who should Texans bring back later in the show for free agency. I look at a Christian Kirk as a player that makes sense for Houston. Had his best mm-hmm. year statistically in Arizona last season, nearly caught four, uh, or nearly had a thousand yard receiver on like 70 something all passes. You know, finally found his groove. And I think he can be used in various ways for Houston. Like play him at the slot. He can play some outside as well. He'd make sense in his projected cap space with his cap hit for his contract right now is $11.8 million according to a spotrack.com. So like there's players out there that make sense for this team. The money is an issue, and you mentioned it. Like moving on from Laramie Tussle, I think is the most important thing. One of the most important things Houston can do this year. And also moving on from Deshaun Watson, so that $40 million ain't on your books, on your hands, and you can kind of get that circus show out of town as well. There's a lot of free agents that are coming out. And, you know, one thing that I loved about Nick Casario's press conference was he mentioned that it necessarily – what we see from the combine is not going to basically be the end-all, be-all. Hmm. Right, you may have a good combine, but that won't actually change what we have in mind for uh, how we want to build this roster. And I love that a lot of guys have great combines. I was just looking over at the uh, looking over at the the fastest forty list, and on that list was players like John Ross, players like Jacoby Ford, you know, young man out of Clemson, played for the Raiders, players like Dre Archer. Like there's a lot of players that while you at the combine, but then there's their careers isn't, you know, with that same height. And that's no disrespect at all. It's just things happening in the, in the NFL. So they're looking at players where it makes sense to come in. They, they're they going to fit what the Texans want to do. And I think free agency will allow you to address the draft uh, in terms of what holes you need to fill. He's just got to, you know, shake it up a little bit with that money get some extra money so they can spend some money as well. Cody, what 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 event are you most excited for during the combine? Of course, the 40 yard dash, baby. Got to be the 40. I think yard that's dash. I think that's the one everybody is excited about. Absolutely, and I do want to give you guys the combine schedule. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight end, they kick it off Thursday. Uh you can watch that on NFL Network. The running backs, the offensive line, uh they kick it off on Friday. Defensive line linebackers, they're on Saturday, and the DBs are on uh, Sunday. All of those events you can watch or, you know, practices you can watch on uh, on NFL Network. But the 40-yard dash right now, they got a prop bet over under 429. I'm pretty sure somebody – every year somebody's going to break that 429. But there's a lot of different ways you guys are able to make some extra money this offseason. And I know football season is over. Uh, but there's still ways you can be involved. And if it's not football, you can also get involved with basketball. Uh, both college and pro are in full steam. From all of the latest odds, total player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not basketball. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. 
So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends and action because Better Online is where the game starts. And continuing here with this latest installment of Locked On Texans, John and I want to continue highlighting some important points from Nick Casario's press conference on day one of the NFL Combine. Lovey Smith is actually going to speak later on today. So, of course, we're going to cover that on tomorrow's show. However, John, a couple of things before we dive into our next topic. Um, one, Nick Casario did say it is still a possibility that the Houston Texans can still move on from that number three pick. However, he did say it is still too early and he does not expect to hold no type of conversations with other teams until you get closer to the draft. And two, and most importantly, and of course, this is going to tie into what we're going to talk about next. He had an opportunity to finally discuss Rex Burkhead, his role with the Houston Texans, and of course, the Texans' decision to bring him back. And John, this it wasn't one of the most important aspects of Nick Asirio's press conference, but to me at least, it gave light into why the Texans rely so heavily on Burkhead throughout the season, especially the back half of the season. And look, and you know me, John, listeners, viewers, I did not want to see nobody from this running back group of 2021 to resign. But as we all know, after he put up a buck 49 in that win against the Los Angeles Chargers, the Houston Texans did resign um, Burkhead to a one-year contract. So he will be a part of this roster for this upcoming season. However, John, listeners and viewers, I like that Nick Casario shared some light on that decision because he said the reason why Rex Burkhead's role within this organization and not only his role but the fact that they actually wanted to bring him back for another season he said that it was more so of a need and that lets you know how bad the Texans running back group was throughout the 2021 season this is a guy who led this team in rushing by recording 427 yards on 122 attempts why is that important because if it wasn't for that game that he had against the Chargers rushing for a buck 49 Mark Ingram probably would have ended the season as the Texans' top rusher, and that's a guy who only played six to seven games for the Houston Texans this year. With all that being said, Nick Casario did place an emphasis on really looking into the running back position, upgrading that whether it be through the draft or free agency. And, and about damn time, right? <laughs> but, I, but I think, you know, honestly, if we're, if we're being honest, I don't think there's nobody that did not expect Houston to address that, right? Like, there's no way you're looking at bringing in Lovey Smith, which you did, or any head coach, new head coach. But Lovey Smith got the nod. Pep Hamilton, uh, uh, an upgrade, I believe, will be an upgrade over Tim Kelly. He got the promotion. Uh, and if you're really all about making this team better, you're going to look at the weakest points of your uh, parts of your team on your roster. And if you scan that roster, there's no question. You put that roster up in the light, it's going to look funny because the running back room was just terrible last season. Again, no disrespect to none of those players. Uh, however, right now, Rex Burkhead and Scotty Phillips are the only two running backs under contract. And Scotty Phillips, bless his heart, he never, <laughs> he never got an opportunity to show if he can actually play consistently in the league. And I, I think – the Texans may have did a disservice to that young man because at one point of the season, to me, the thought process should have been, why not? 
right? Mm-hmm. David Johnson isn't getting it done. And Rex Burkhead wasn't good. And you know, the, the running back group as a whole was just not good. So why not play that young man when he finally played one or two snaps here and there? But, you know, overall, I think this is a great free agency for running backs. Scott Marlon Mack, got Sonny Michelle. Uh, Cordell Patterson is another player that could potentially be on the leave, leaving out of Atlanta. Uh, and he could do He's a player that you can use him in a bunch of different ways. Uh, then you also look at the draft. There's a lot of great running backs that mm-hmm. you can draft between the rounds of three to seven, where you don't have to overreach on the running back, as Cody would like to do. You don't have to overreach <laughs> on the court, uh, on the running back. So you're able to scout the guys that you know will potentially be available around this, around what the, the draft pick that you have. And one thing Casario mentioned was that last year they had a bulk of players that they knew there was no chance they were going to draft. Hmm. This is the first year the Houston Texans are drafting in the first and second round in several seasons. So, you know, for Nick, I know he's probably like, boy, I got some players that I like. And last year they picked – the first pick was in 67. So you have an opportunity to really scan the draft. And if we, with the first pick, you, you're picking third. Then you have the second overall – I mean, then you have the second draft, second round draft pick. So – for Houston, they're going to be able to take care of other positions in this draft, especially after free agency hits. And I expect for them to sign a running back in free agency. And then you'll be able to look at running backs, younger running backs that are going to be cost effective later on in the draft. And that can be more explosive and be more dynamic for the Texans. And so for him to address it, I thought was great. So everybody can finally hear it. There was no way that the Texans were not going to come out of either this draft or this free agency without running backs. It's not going to happen. And I'm glad that he went ahead and put that out there. John, really quick before moving on and listeners, viewers, I want you guys to chime in as well. I'm really intrigued to know what Nick Casario has up his sleeve. If he moves on from that number three pick and John, he played with the idea of moving on from that number three pick again today. And this is something he did. This is what the third or fourth time he didn't did this since the season ended. But, you know, he played around with that idea. He placed a, he- a hefty emphasis on improving the running back position. What about the possibility of the Texans trading that number three pick? You get an additional second round pick. And would you be okay if he pursues a running back that way? Because I take a look at a guy like Kenneth Walker out of Michigan. That young man is a stud. Recorded over 16,000 yards in his final season at Michigan. And we always talk about it's very important to get these running backs really, really early because we know their life expectancy in the NFL is extremely short. I if 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 he's on the board, I would like to see the Texans select him. Of course, not with the number three pick, of course, but... Second round, would you say that's still too early to go after a running back? Knowing that the backfield, this is still part of, if not their weakest position? I would. I, I think I think when you draft a running back in the first or second round, early in the second round, I think the rest of your team uh, is kind of, you know, not – your roster is pretty decent to where we look at the, the Steelers drafting Najee Harris – like they have a very good defense. 
Yeah, they could have used an offensive line, but Najee did some good things for the Steelers this year. They also have a very good wide receiving core. Um, at least they did going into the season. And so, yeah, I, I think for Houston, an early second round uh, pick for a running back, I think that would be a mistake. Hmm. Um, but, but that's just me. Again, like with Nick Casario, he's he's a wild card type of guy. I trust his scouting. I trust that he will make a decision in terms of bringing in the player that makes sense for Houston. And by the way, he shouted out and sung praises for Roy Lopez, called Roy Lopez, excuse mm-hmm. me, the best, well, the more consistent rookie from last year's draft. And I think he was in terms of what he was able to do with his role. But before we move on, Cody, Nick Casario, there's a lot we can pull away from this conversation uh, from the press conference. But Nick Casario also mentioned that the tight end position is really going to be a spot of investment and that that 12 personnel formation can show what opponents is going to do. And he also said he expects new faces at the tight end position next year. That's something I've been saying for the longest. That 12 mm-hmm. personnel of effective tight ends would do wonders for Davis Mills or any quarterback. We look at the tight end positions. The teams were good tight ends. They, you know, Lamar Jackson, when they had Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, and Nick Boyle, that was the best tight end group in the league. And it helped out, it helped out Lamar Jackson not being this, you know, amazing pass or, you know, accurate pass. Just able to have those guys that you could dump it off to. Mark Andrews did amazing with, with, with Lamar Jackson these last couple of years because they have that chemistry right there. So uh, I would look at the tight end position as a position that the Texas address in free agency or the draft. Mark my words, John and listeners. If Nick Casario moves on from that number three pick, I guarantee you he will be in a position where he will have three picks in the top, what, 62, 64? I guarantee you we're going to see them go Offensive lineman, DB running back, or DB offensive lineman running back. I, I think that's where we headed. If he trades that number three pick, he has something up his sleeves. And you know what? I like to say this. I was on the Kyle Hamilton train, and I'm not I'm not necessarily hopping off. I'm just still 2-2 in the train that I was on initially. And I'm saying, Amal Gardner, y'all call him Sauce Gardner. <laughs> One NFL exec called him the best defensive player in the draft and he has this guy's man i think he's a stud your passer rating uh quarterbacks passer rating into passes going into the ground are higher than passes <laughs> passes targeted where amar gardner was in coverage i would be a listen the texans have tavier thomas who showed improvement last season the Texans have Desmond King, who was pretty good for the Texans last season. Uh, however, there's no cornerback that stands out on this roster. And I'm going to continue to talk about this because I know we have the draft coming up. But Sauce Gardner would legitimately change this Texans defense. And I, and I wholeheartedly believe that. So that's something we'll keep in touch, uh, keep our eyes on. However, Bill Barr, it's February. Actually, it's March now. and you know, Cody, I was working out at the gym, getting it in, man. I, you know, I put boxing into my regimen, my workout regimen, getting it in, man, my routine. And I was tired afterwards. 
And I heard my stomach growl, like one of those I'm hungry growls. Didn't want to go home and make a sandwich. I knew that would kind of defeat the purpose of working out. In the car, guess what I remembered I had? A bill bar. The best tasting protein bars out on the market. The reason why I love those bill bars is, number one, the taste, the flavors that you can choose from. But it is covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace You can replace your candy bar with these. And the one thing that I love about it the most is not a lot of those carbs. Most Bill Bar contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can also choose from a various a variety of different flavors, excuse me, like mint brownie, coconut, coconut, almond, and for this month, they have the white chocolate cookies and cream. Go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. And with this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I want to continue with our series looking at Texans free agents who are set to hit the market in the next few weeks. The next guy on our list is a guy that I'm actually rooting for, and I'm hoping that he actually has an opportunity to return to the Houston Texans, and that guy is wide receiver Chris Moore. I know his name isn't big. However, when you take a look at the work that Chris Moore did this season, I loved it. This was a guy who was who 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 signed with the Texans last offseason, got cut, was was brought back to be part of the Texans practice squad, and then he had an opportunity to touch the field after Danny Amendola got hurt, I believe, during the second game of the season with a hamstring injury against the Cleveland Browns. And by the way, that was a terrible game for injuries for the Houston Texans. They had like 10 injuries, and Justin Reed and Tyrod Taylor was like two of the 10 players that got hurt but that's another topic for another day but when I take a look at Chris Moore John I take a look at a guy who was probably one of the first safety blankets for Davis Mills and I think we all can agree whether you like Mills or not we on this show do I'm definitely rooting for Davis Mills but one of the top priorities for the Houston Texans should be to continue surrounding Davis Mills with a lot of options. When I take a look at a guy like Chris Moore, I'm looking at the growth that this young man has built with Davis Mills because this is a guy that Davis Mills been thrown to ever since the early days of OTAs. And you saw the chemistry early, especially considering that both of those guys went hand in hand, having their career best performances during that week five loss against the New England Patriots. We know what uh, what type of performance Davis Mills put out there on the field. But when you take a look at Chris Moore, he had an opportunity. I think it was six catches for like 110 yards. And when I take a look at at his overall production i'm not saying that he should be the texans top tier wide receivers but he should be a secondary option and he has already proven that he can be a reliable option for the texans in a passing game if a receiver goes down i, I disagree I, I think that you know you mentioned that the texans should look at options for davis mills and I think the Texans should look at talent for Davis Mills. And I was on the train of Danny, Danny Amendola, who we discussed, you know, not too long ago. 
because I think that what he provides for, you know, Davis Mills at that slot position, which if the Texans still had Anthony Miller on this roster, uh, mm. none of this would be I, a I, conversation. I, right. I wouldn't talk about Danny Amendola coming back, but I also said in that same segment that I believe Houston can go out there and get an upgrade at wide receiver for slot at the slot position. And if you can mm-hmm. do that, then you can possibly look at moving on from Danny and Mandola. When it comes to Chris Moore, I just think that talent should be a priority of surrounding players around uh, Davis Mills than options. And I don't think that he's a player that the Houston Texans should bring back. I just mentioned, right, I think Christian Kirk is a player out of Arizona I think the Houston Texans should look at. Right, there's a lot of different wide receivers. Chris Godwin, who's coming off an ACL injury, I Ooh, get I that. I right, but I think him, <laughs> I, I think I think if he comes back, you get him at the right price. He comes back healthy, he's a better option for Mills to be successful. The options need to equate with the talent. So I don't want a bunch of guys around him that aren't as talented. I want no Walmart receivers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. He, by the way, Quincy Avery kind of walked that back uh, on yesterday as well. But I don't want any Walmart receivers. Like, put some talent around this guy. And that was an issue from last season. Like, Brandon Cooks, a talented player, got a thousand yards. And there was games where Brandon Cooks was the best player on the field, uh, whether it was win or loss. Right. But then after that, you look at Nico Collins, first year receiver. He's trying to figure out the NFL. And then you look at Chris Moore. He's another player. I'm not Chris Moore. Chris Conley. He's another player that I think Houston should move on from in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the free agency pool, the player that you need to evaluate on your roster. And if you can get guys that are in the pool to come in at a great price, like Casario mentioned earlier um, in the day on yesterday during the press conference, for the value of what you're looking for, then you do that. Put players around him that are talented that can actually make some make some plays on the field consistently. Chris Moore, you know, he had a couple of good games. The one game for one on nine, one touchdown. Then he had a game with four catches for forty yards. That was two of the best output games. Outside of that, he was a pedestrian out on the field. <laughs> and I think and, that and- Davis Mills could, you know, benefit from having just better players around. Like when, like we we look at some of these players that these quarterbacks are playing with in the NFL right now. I look at Derek Carr. When Derek Carr has a, a player that you can take the top off with Henry Ruggs, like, look what he's able to do. Right? When we look at Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hartman is coming into his own. We look at what Brady had, right? When you, when you have these quarterbacks that you really have faith in, put players around them so everybody can succeed on this offense. And, and that's why I said, John, like, I think Chris Moore would be more so, let's say, a secondary tier, maybe third tier receiver for the Houston Texans because, look, we we never know what can happen out there on the field. Every time the player step out there on the field, you know, a devastating injury can take place. And when I take a look at a Chris Moore, I take a look at a guy who actually show the show showcase the fact that he can actually step in and relieve a receiver who is dealing with a nagging injury and your quarterback will not lose a step by the way some quick numbers for for um Chris Moore and yes I understand it's not that big of a deal but this man ended the season appeared in 12 games recorded 227 yards and caught 21 out of 22 
passes. He only dropped one ball throughout the whole entire season. I get it. It's not the same as when D-Hot was here and he had that season where I think he only dropped one pass or didn't drop a ball, whatever the case might be. But, you know, that's kind of comparing Apple to oranges because D-Hop had, what, 100 and something targets and Chris Moore had 22. But when I take a look at the depth that is also needed for this organization, I think Chris Moore can actually help this team expand that depth, especially considering and I pray to God this won't be the case, that they started the season with five wide receivers. I'm Justin Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. And like and comment, follow on Twitter, uh, excuse me, on YouTube as well. Run those subscriber numbers up. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.